From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up. Uh, presents the Sunday Sprint for this Sunday, November 24th, 2019, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Luke Morrow joins me. Luke, historic day on many fronts today. Brendan Todd going for three straight wins on the PGA Tour, the first to try to do that since Tiger in, 20, uh, in 2006. And for the women uh, and for the LPGA Tour, the biggest prize in women's golf history is on the line $1.5 million to the winner of the CME Group Tour Championship. How do you see these two things playing out? Uh, I think both will be uh, uh, very exciting, and I look forward to viewing both today. Okay, so, so this is a golf podcast today. Are you ready to talk about Webb Simpson and Sebastian Munoz and how they're going to climb up the leaderboard? Oh, I can't wait. I've been waiting all week to talk about such a thing. <laughs> Can you see that I'm a little more excited for golf than I am football? Well, yeah, I understand that um, the situation that you're in these days. It's wet, it's raw, it's cold. It's a day for running backs. And uh, my dad says we have to keep talking about the Jets because they could be a nine and seven playoff team uh, right as Sam Darnold finds his stride for for me in all seriousness look this is a countdown of what week can we ditch the Jets for good and for me Luke um, you look at this Jets team you look at Oakland traveling across the country into a very different climate West Coast team on a 1 p.m. start um this should be a Jets win. I don't think Oakland's very good. And, look, the Jets have an easy schedule here. They're going to be somewhere around 500 when it gets hard again, and then we'll see where they are. And for Oakland, they're really in it in the AFC West and really need this game. Yeah, they do. Uh, this is one, like you said, that the Jets could win. They, um, the Jets do a good job stopping the run, and the Raiders are built off of their ground game. And as you said, you know, West Coast team coming east, 1 o'clock kickoff. The Raiders have been road warriors this year. They've done well on the road, but they've also traveled a lot. And at a certain point, maybe it catches up to them. Uh, so another opportunity for the Jets to, to get another win. But it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting for New York. As you said, the schedule, and we've talked about this throughout the year, I mean, the schedule is incredibly difficult to start the season. And then by about the midway point, uh, the Jets have the easiest schedule in the second half of the year. And then you're looking at a situation where, you know, you could end up at, say, if they end up 7-9 and nine and you miss the playoffs and you go from what could have been a top pick to picking somewhere in the, the teens, and then it's just kind of a, a kind of a wasted year where the season was over by October and you don't get a good draft pick out of it either. So um, it's a situation that a lot of teams are in where you, you kind of do yourself no good by, by winning, but, you know, still, of course, you want to win games along the way. Uh, the, the thing I'm most interested in this game, I really don't care about the Jets Raiders, but what I care about is Cleet Blakeman is the head, is he, he's the referee today. And for those interested in certain numbers, the over-under, uh, I think is at 46 and a half now, the under has hit in every game Cleet Blakeman has worked this year. Watch the under in the Jets Raiders. The under has hit, I've, I have to write this down, in every game... Cleet Blakeman has officiated. That's right. All right. We're going today. 
This is this is interesting. And you would think, Luke, 46 and a half, you said it was? I think that's what it's down to. It 45 over under I have on CBSSports.com. Um, this is wet weather. It's cold. It's not going to be pleasant. So you would think this would be a, a 45 and a half. 46 is 23-23. So you're looking at a game that probably is going to be 21-17, which would, you know, hit the under. I hope so. I, I hope the streak stays alive. All right. Well, that's something to ponder. Um, something to keep in mind as we move closer to kickoff. Uh, let's, let's analyze the Vikings bye week. What have you seen out of this bye week? What have they done? And, and where are we in terms of this bye week preparation? Do you think they're ready for today? Uh, I hope so. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll, they'll, uh, be able to handle today. Yeah, it's interesting though for the Vikings for the bye week in, in general, um, they, uh, you always, the concern, I guess, for a team when the bye week approaches is that a team that's playing well, like the Vikings have of late, that you can, you're concerned that will stop your momentum. Right. And I remember going back to, uh, what was that, 2016? I can't keep track of all these years. They started 5-0 and <laughs> and then went to their bye week 5-0. and And uh, Zimmer had the phrase, you know, fat cats get slaughtered. And he actually, somebody, there was a whole drama, a whole issue of who actually did it. Zimmer, I think, denied it. But somebody put, like, stuffed animals, decapitated stuffed animals throughout the facility. Uh, and the saying, fat cats get slaughtered. And, you know, don't don't uh, don't just take the two weeks off uh, feeling good about yourself for 5-0. and oh. Anyways, long story short, Vikings didn't make the playoffs that year. They came back from the bye week, and they were terrible. So uh, for Zimmer and the Vikings, it's kind of been a learning experience the last couple of years, how to handle that bye week, especially when you go in playing well. And that's always the concern is that it's going to, throw you off um you get that week off you're feeling good you've won a lot you, you take things lightly you enjoy the time off maybe a little too much and uh you don't come back in the same shape you went into the bye weekend so i guess that would be the concern for the vikings moving forward but the bye week's nice as a football fan i get to sit back and off the stress today and i can watch all the games uh, by the way are, are you still in charleston or, 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 or did i give an incorrect dateline for you no i'm here i'm okay. in charleston today um going to be interesting vikings are definitely a week a, a team sorry that is in um the thick of it and you get to look at all your opponents detroit um in a game leading into thursday against washington that they should win washington's atrocious chicago faces the giants who are an offensive mess and now there's jason garrett rumors flying around involving the giants and san francisco and Green Bay is eight and two versus nine and one, and there's a very good chance that um, these set of teams basically split or go two and one. Probably should go two and one realistically, um, and, but you guys do have some separation there as you sit here on your bye week. Three big games. They're all happening late, uh, which is the games we're going to do this week. Dallas and. The Pats, you look at Dallas, you look at what they're trying to do, and they face a huge game against Buffalo on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Buffalo is facing Denver today. It's a game they should win. This should be eight and four uh, versus seven and sorry, eight and three versus seven and four. Really interesting Thanksgiving Day game on paper. For me, this is a really interesting check of where the Patriots offense is. Tom Brady has expressed expressed some displeasure. In the past, displeasure has led to, as Luke knows, romps. 
and nobody wants to be the romper today. So that's just my two cents. Yeah, this offense uh, certainly needs to figure something out. That they don't look right. You know, it's interesting when I look at the, I think of this game. I was talking about this with a friend, uh, a couple friends yesterday, one who is a Cowboys fan. And, you know, we were saying if you go position by position in this matchup, what position group are the Patriots favored in over the Cowboys? And I thought, you know, maybe just secondary, certainly head coach if you want to include that. And then hey, Dak Prescott's having a much better year than Tom Brady, but I would still take Tom Brady over Dak when it comes down to one game. And, and Dak has to prove it to me in a big spot. He never has. Right. So I'm, I'm so, you know, Brady certainly hasn't played as well as Dak this year, but if it comes down to one game, I'm still taking Brady, no doubt. But the point being that, you know, the Cowboys certainly have more talent. If you lined up the best ten players in this game, probably seven are on Dallas. And, yeah, I still think the Patriots are going to win. The Patriots still still favored by a touchdown in a matchup between two first-place teams. Um, and I think it just comes back to the coaching that, you know, Belichick against Jason Garrett and even first-year offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is such a, uh, a mismatch that the Cowboys have a lot more talent. And yet I still anticipate not only a Patriots win, but I do think they cover the, the six-and-a-half uh, at Handel Dallas. The Cowboys haven't beaten anybody this year. Uh, nobody over 500. The, the closest thing is the Eagles, who I think are back at 500, maybe one game over 500, but the four teams that... Right at 500. Okay, so there you go. And they're uh, 0-4 against teams that would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. So uh, I just don't trust the Cowboys. You go on the road into uh, cold and maybe uh, some sort of weather type of game uh, in Gillette outdoors for Dak. 4.30, the entire country is going to be watching it. Big game. Uh, I just trust the Belichick and the Patriots more. I think they get uh, they take care of business against the Cowboys. And Luke is right, by the way. One of the rare times where you will see 100% of the country, including Alaska and Hawaii and all the territories, receiving Dallas and the Pats. There's one other 4 o'clock game, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Those fans will probably be split-screening. The entire United States of America and its territories are getting Dallas and New England. Yeah, this game's going to set all sorts of, of ratings records. The 10 most-watched games all time include either the Patriots or the Cowboys. Today you get them both on every TV, so they're going to set some sort of record. One would think. Tonight we could have a bunch of records for best San Francisco start since blank. Um, we're getting up there. We're, we're, we're looking at some Niners and, uh, sorry, some uh, Montana and Young records. For me, this is a fascinating game in the sense of the Niners now being, whoops, tested by the most talented quarterback in the National Football League, which is Aaron Rodgers. And now this Packer defense has to step up against an offense that's not getting a lot of attention in, San, in the San Francisco offense. What Jimmy Garoppolo has done, the efficiency in which Jimmy Garoppolo is working, which is the most impressive thing for me. We've seen teams, Luke, you and I, who throw up 40 touchdown passes and also have, what, 20 interceptions on top of it because they're aggressive. The efficiency in which Jimmy Garoppolo is working is so impressive, and that's what intrigues me tonight about this matchup between the 49ers and Packers. I'm still, and I guess it's my, my bias, but I'm still not sold on Green Bay despite being in first place. Uh, the defense isn't as good as everybody thought. I don't even know where that whole idea came from. And the offense, uh, they you know, they have a ground game. Aaron Rodgers is playing with the best running back that he has probably ever had. Uh, but he's had three big games this year, and this is a big if, uh, but he's had three big games. You know, one against Oakland, one against Philadelphia. Both those defenses are terrible. And he played really well against Kansas City. That defense isn't very good. When you remove his top three games, and again, a big if, but he's somewhere around like 37th 
in quarterback uh, in my like quarterback rating um, in all other games down around 200 yards. Uh, so I'm just not sold on this Green Bay team overall. And now you travel out west; it's a Sunday night football, big game. But I will say, going back to kind of the Brady uh, against Dak thing, where I look at this team, and I think the Niners have the better roster again in most areas, except for the quarterback position, which, as we know, is the most important. I'm, I would certainly take Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy Garoppolo. And we can't forget the chip on the shoulder of Aaron Rodgers still to this day and the fact that the Niners did not draft him and he had to wait until the Packers took him late in the draft. So I think the Niners are a much better roster, a much better team. They can get after the quarterback. They have a much better defense. But this is the type of game that I've just seen far too often as a Vikings fan where you uh, expect the Packers to lose uh, and somehow they win a game that they probably shouldn't and that's mainly because of the quarterback. So I think Rodgers makes enough plays tonight to out-duel Garoppolo and Green Bay gets the win. But this is a big test for the Niners because the Niners beat up on a lot of bad teams uh, and now they have a really tough stretch. They played three straight teams that have eight wins. It's the toughest stretch in like NFL history according to ESPN. They face three straight teams that are currently, I think they're all 8-2 uh, with the Packers and then the, the Saints and the Ravens, I believe it is. Ooh, yes, uh, but you had the order wrong. It's, uh, okay. it's at Baltimore 1 p.m. on Fox next week and then at New Orleans 1 p.m on Fox uh, December 8th. Yeah, so there we go. So we're going to find out how good this Niners team is the next couple of weeks. It pains me to say, but, but long story short, I think the Packers do win tonight. They're not nearly as good as the Niners, but these are the types of games that Rodgers just finds a way to win. Ravens, speaking of those Ravens, uh, Ravens, um, Rams, this uh, Monday Night Football, 8-2 and two versus 6-4. and four. On paper, this is a trap, uh, not a trap game, but this is a game that the Rams should hold up home field in their building, but we know what the Rams and the Coliseum are all like. I, I, I don't know what to think about this game. I guess Baltimore's for real. They're six-point favorites, essentially, um, or would be six if it was on their home home turf. Um, I, I don't know what to think of this game because I still am waiting for the Lamar Jackson 120 yards, one touchdown, five picks game, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm still very uh, skeptical. Now, people believe that this could be the type of game where finally Lamar is uh, exposed because the Rams are able to get pressure up the middle, which is, uh, for once, the toughest pressure for any quarterback to deal with. But I guess for those who, you know, analyze and study the tape, that Lamar, is he always... Whenever he's pressured, he always runs, you know, in between the tackles is where he gets away, not on the edge. He doesn't scramble left to right. He runs up the center of the field. And so for the Rams to be able to send pressure that way, that this could be the game that really throws Lamar off and he won't be able to run as much, not to make more plays with his arms and under pressure. So uh, we'll see if that's the case against uh, this Rams defensive line, if they could finally be the ones to expose Lamar or to make him have to make plays with his arm, which I still don't believe. He can if you keep him in the pocket and he has to go up against a good pass defense. But this Rams team, I mean, it, you know, there's, there's, there was this theory floating around, which makes no sense to me, but the, the theory of Sean McVay saving his good offense this year for late in the season or the playoffs, that he doesn't want to show it too early, which makes no sense. What? You know what? I mean? what? Make the playoffs. You have to earn your spot in the fucking playoffs. I forgot who floated that out there, but I heard that on uh, some, some, I think it was a national radio show. It wasn't, you know, just some guy talking. Okay, hold on a second. All right, sorry. I This has now pissed me off. 49ers, Packers, Saints, Cowboys. That's one through four. Right now the wild cards 
are eight and two Seattle, nine and uh, sorry, eight and three Minnesota. That's you guys. The Rams are there at six and four. We've got an issue with number of games played, but the bottom line here, Luke, is I don't see. And then followed by the Eagles at, at, at five and five. It does seem like one one team for one spot. And I just don't see how Sean McVay can sit there and go, oh, we're going to save it when you're one game, one and a half games back, about to be one game back. It just makes no sense. I agree. Uh, that was I, I wish I had a name to attach to it. That was what somebody was saying that they had heard, or that was their theory. Um, I think we just gave McVay too much credit as this boy genius. So when the offense isn't working well, we try to find excuses like, oh, this is his B material. He's, he's waiting to get everybody. Uh, long story short, offense has been a mess for the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff has played terrible this year. Uh, Gurley can't get out on the field. The run game hasn't been very good. The offense is still built around that run game. Uh, I think they're able to do win this game, um, but I still won't be sold even with a good performance. Um, Lamar, uh, I, I, I guess I'm in the minority. I guess I'm just being stubborn. He still hasn't hasn't uh, shown me enough to believe that this Ravens team can go win a Super Bowl. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. Very good. You're you're hitting your stride as you get towards holiday season. <laughs> Perfect. Your game of the day. That's uh, obviously Cowboys Patriots. No, it's obviously Packers 49ers, the game you're waiting all day on Sunday night, waiting all day for Sunday night for. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say obviously. There are a couple of big ones today, so. It was flexed. That's true. That's true. Game was flexed. You're going to see unique graphics tonight from NBC. Ooh. Well, yes, they have a different open when it's a flex game. Interesting. <laughs> Can't keep a straight face, but it's true. Um,. Your sleeper game. Man, I don't know. We I, we covered. I think the only uh, you know, I, we covered the best game. I yeah, I mean, do you want to? I mean, do you want to talk about garbage and Dolphins uh, Cleveland? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess Seahawks Eagles, which was the game that was moved out of Sunday Night Football. I mean, I guess that one. Something. <laughs> Something. Um, Oh, man, there's some great games to watch all that golf during. Um, yep. I'm going to stick with Miami-Cleveland and give you your choice of whatever else you want because you got a bunch. Yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, who wants to watch Jeff Driscoll against Dwayne Haskins in Washington? That's going to be terrible, too. Ooh, ooh. Is Stafford, imagine if Stafford's not back. Who is this against? It's against Chicago. Um, so you're gonna have four and six versus three, seven and one. Uh, no, four, six and one. Yeah, and is that really gonna be Jeff Driscoll, or is that gonna be Stafford on Thanksgiving Day? Probably Driscoll at this point. Yes. Short turnaround now. Driscoll versus Trubisky. It's gonna be terrible. Where meanwhile you get Cowboys Bills, which is a meaningful game, and Saints Falcons, which will at least have the Drew Brees factor. Yeah, I mean, I played on Thanksgiving last year. That, that game will probably be a blowout uh, as well. So, you know, you, you, you eat your turkey early, I guess, watch Bill's Cowboys, and then you, you nap later on during the Saints Falcons. Yes, I, I'm i with you on that. Um, your Survivor game, <laughs> and for me it's the Saints. I think I said that last week. There's, like, no good – I don't think there's a good Survivor game in this batch unless you are a total – 
non-believer in Philly and you choose Seattle? Um, yeah, I mean, um, the Browns should win at home against Miami, but I guess that's with Cleveland, it's never a guarantee. No. And uh, the Steelers should beat the Bengals, but on the road, divisional game, and Mason Rudolph and everything. So, uh, I mean, if I had a pick, uh, I would probably go with one of those. I guess I would, I would take the, the Browns to win at home against Miami. Something, something in there sounds right. Um, and finally, your personal watch today. Uh, good question. Uh, I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the Patriots offense as we uh, covered earlier. I mean, Tom, the wor- anything the, the 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 only thing worse than Tom Brady is uh, the ticked off Tom Brady or the ticked off Patriots. Let's see how they do against the Cowboys defense that is pretty good, but they're at home. Elements, you know, big game. Let's see how that Patriots offense uh, plays today. Very dangerous. Um, I've got to switch and go with Cleet Blakeman because uh, if right. I read this right, he's the ref today, and in. Every game he's officiated this year, the under has um, hit. That's right. Yep, I'll be I'll be monitoring it. There you go. Something to watch today, Luke. Thank you for coming on this radio program and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Looking forward to it. Thank you. You're welcome. And happy Thanksgiving to you and yours out there in the podcast universe. We will see you next week on the Sunday Sprint.